You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Well, good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. And welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show. My name is Keanu Calicon, and if our regulars wouldn't mind introducing themselves. Hey, yo, it's Bryn. Hi, it's Katie. And it's Kev. Spot on. Excellent. You guys are on top form. And as well, you should be, because we have a special guest with us this week. Uh, He is the character designer behind shows such as Danger Mouse, uh, Rescue Bots Academy, and the upcoming Cuphead series for Netflix. And he is Keith Byrne. Keith, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm, I'm existing. Thank you very much for ha- <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Oh, no. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, like, uh, obviously, you've got to kind of be discreet with anything big and corporate. But uh, is work going okay for you at the animation studio? Yeah, everything's going great. Uh, I actually... Sorry, we actually discussed this and this uh, pre- before conti- uh, before recording. I have to say that I'm the character designer on Netflix for the Lighthouse Animation Division uh, <laughs> because uh, there's big contracts. Um, so yeah, I'm the the lead character designer on the Lighthouse team for Cuphead. There we go. Um, but it's going well. Uh, I think everybody's going to be extremely happy with the show uh so if they're a fan of the games or just cartoons in general i think they'll really like it excellent and um i suppose people listening home the first question they would ask is how does anyone get involved in character design or kind of animation studio work in general like is this did you work for this for years or did you kind of stumble into your art what kind of brought you to this uh i wanted to i guess going back to when i was a kid uh i want i i kind of always wanted to be a character designer uh well i wanted to work in animation um so well first i wanted to be a t-rex and then i wanted to be <laughs> a noble uh, goal Priority, and then, uh, then i wanted to be a paleontologist and then i found out you have to like research archaeology um and i'm I have no interest in human history, so that was out. Uh, then for a brief period as a teenager, I wanted to be a paranormal investigator, and then I found out that there's a distinct lack of hygiene in that, so I decided not to do that. I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you cannot just drop that and then move on. What on earth hold do on, you mean? Hold on, I, 
I have played the start of Resident Evil 7. This all does track. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that sounds entirely reasonable to me that, that there would be a lack of hygiene. So, so Keith, in, 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 your, in, your, in your experience, uh, do do you find that did you find that a lot of ghosts tended to, to, to aim towards sewers? Was that what you found? It's not even that, but it's just like it's about a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of guys that care more about ghosts than uh, than than washing and wearing big heavy trench coats. I, I want to so, say that I'm shocked, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm if really you watch, not. If you watch like any ghost hunter shows or one of those Bigfoot shows, you know, uh, you'll see what I mean. Uh, so that was out because uh, I, 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 I I imagine there's a high uh, content of um, Mountain Dew and drinks of that nature in that yeah, film as a, well. There's also a lot of walking. I'm not really up for walking through the woods a lot. So exercise. Uh, yeah. So the, the, animation... the outer net is a scary place. So. <laughs> uh, animation was like the thing that I'd wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I watch. I kind of grew up. I grew up with shows like uh, Brendan Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life and those kind of anarchic 90s cartoons, the kind of stuff that like was on Nickelodeon MTV, stuff like that. Uh, and that kind of really, and the Batman animated series kind of really geared me to want to work in cartoons. Um, so I s- focused a lot on drawing uh, to the detriment of literally everything else. I was, I was a complete idiot in school. Uh, so I failed foundation level maths on, on my leaving search. There's no shame uh, in that. No. Um, but, uh, so on that on that front, though, I imagine that working on a project like Cuphead is probably an area where you get to actually flex that creative muscle a bit more because of the nature of the source material. So is is it a case that you're able to draw from the, from those kind of inf- those anarchic kind of influences? A, a little. Or? A little bit with Cuphead. Uh, uh, my team is more the technical side of the character designing, so we'll do like uh, like hands and mouth charts and feet charts and stuff like that, or we'll do turnarounds of the characters that are done by the American team. Um, so we're like we're more technical rather than creative character designers. Um, whereas like I was, I had a lot more freedom with. Uh, like Danger Mouse and uh, Rescuebots, because we were we were also the I was the more of the creative character designers on those shows. Um, but you, uh, you are right though in terms of Cuphead, like having to look at like those kind of older, uh, knowing a lot more about older cartoons does help with the turnaround. So you know, especially with the those kind of big wacky hands that you see a lot in thirties cartoons and stuff mm. like that. Um, uh, and I mean, there's a, there's like a little trailer out for the Cuphead show. There's a few clips of it, and we're kind of going for a mixture of 30s and 90s stuff. Um, so I guess the, the best thing I could uh, could compare to is uh, I don't know if any of you watched the 90s Felix the Cat cartoon. Oh yeah, no, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of it's that it's it's the 1930s, but with the the kind of humor and sensibility of the 90s, um, especially in terms of, like expressions and stuff like that. Like the like the characters are really pushed with it. Um, so uh, yeah, it it definitely did help to have grown up in the in the time that I did. So. And like you've been working throughout 
the entirety of the last two years and the lockdown and all that kind of yes. stuff has that affected the way your studios had to work or has it felt the same to you what was kind of the load lay down there uh it's been pretty much the same uh i i, I do there's days i miss studio life and then there, there are days that i'm glad i can kind of just roll out of bed and start my day um so for me there's not a big difference uh with character design um uh, so a lot of character designers probably would work from home uh character designers tend to be kind of freelance um it's it's kind of rare you'd have an in-house character designer these days um you kind of just get them in for a show um but i was kind of like in-house for a while in boulder um because I kind of moved from one show to the next, but um, for me, it's been fine. I uh, I just work for like uh, I I draw a lot at home anyway, so it's it's not really that big a difference to me. Um, but I it can it can be tough sometimes because you're kind of waiting for people to answer questions. You can't just kind of like get out of your chair, go over to the to the director or the 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 background lead or the the rigging lead and be like hey what do I do about this you kind of have to like email them and then wait um for a response so in, in that regard it's kind of it has it's it's a bit more time consuming but um yeah uh, and I've kind of forgotten how to talk to people uh, so. <laughs> same same <laughs> like that's, I think I think you and everyone else <laughs> yeah like uh, I, I assume some of you guys are also artists. We're not the best at dealing with people on a daily Katie, basis. Katie, do you want to step in on this one? <laughs> so. I don't think we have enough time for me to step in on this one. <laughs> all, so. I, all I'll say is it would be an absolutely great job if we were just left alone to do yeah. what we want. Exactly, exactly. In fact, um, I can see if for the benefit of our of people who may watch us on YouTube someday, I can see all of your artistic projects behind you, Katie. Oh, you mean all of the stock that I can't seem to sell? Yeah. <laughs> i can't paypal shut down my accounts so i can't do anything right now Ah. yeah i'm in limbo (laughs) okay but maybe it might be fixed by the time this goes out like no at the end definitely no it won't be it's gonna be at least another two weeks (laughs) oh god okay well We'll see if we can sort out some kind of plugging at the other end of that two weeks then. Yeah. But, all right, so there's one thing I wanted to ask Keith, because, I mean, we've talked about your animation work, but any has anyone who, like, you know, follows you on Instagram or is just friends with you know, you have an impossible turnout rate of new art almost every single day. Like, fully, like, completed things of, like, She-Ra characters and dinosaurs and things from like different animated shows, like um, for it's at K Jables on Instagram. Like, how do you find the time to do all of that work and put out original stuff just for fun? Like, oh, I, I have no life. Uh, <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of I finish my job. Uh, I finish my dream job and go, ah, finally, I can draw. Um, so um, well, I'm done drawing for the day. Guess it's time to draw. It's, yeah. it's, it's like all of my friends who are like uh, computer, like just 
like like Brandon Dyer, who are like kind of coders and that. I was like, ah, yes, I spent my day at the bad screen. Now to move to the good screen. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's literally what happens. It's like the bad laptop goes down, the good <laughs> laptop comes up. Goodbye, work computer. Hello, home computer. <laughs> Let me plug uh, you into my work into my yeah. work docking station. Now I have multiple screens. <laughs> <laughs> Well then, let me ask you something there, Keith. So how do you decide what it is you draw and all that kind of stuff? Is it just stuff that's on your mind or like kind of what what inspires you to do things? Because even just looking through, you've done like Moby Dick recently, like, you know, it's not just current stuff, like or the Teletubbies as Attack on Titan. Kind of, I know this is the worst artist question, but kind of where do you get your ideas like? Oh, it'll be kind of whatever I'm like horrifically obsessed with at the time. <laughs> um so i'll like i'll get like stupidly obsessive about stuff and i'll draw it and i'll buy part of stuff of it that i don't particularly need so so on that um, note how 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 did how did teletubbies and attack and titan come about oh a friend of, this up. a friend of mine uh natalie law uh hold on she was a uh a character designer that i was uh i was her lead on rescue Bots academy uh her stuff's really good. I'll hold on. What's her? In, I'll I'll send you her Instagram at the end to get a to get a to plug her stuff. Um, but she, I think, I think she was saying how. Oh, that's what it was. I made her watch um the Attack on Titan live action films, which I I like. I like pretty much all of Attack on Titan, um, including the 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 quote unquote terrible live action movies, <laughs> um. And uh, she said that the hills in the background in the live action movies kind of looked like exactly like the hills from the Teletubbies. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, in fairness, have you ever actually seen set photos from the Teletubbies? They had to design the suits. I think because like the head, like the the actors heads, I don't think were actually in the Teletubbies heads. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and then also like the sets had to be designed around like the small rabbits. Were actually mm. colossal. They were the size of like small deers. Why are you doing this? Actually, because I've just spotted <laughs> Katie's eye go as big as her forehead, <laughs> which means I think she's tracked it down. Yeah. No, no, I was I was reacting to what Kev said, <laughs> which was just like, horrific. Yeah, no, like you, you look at set photos, like behind the scenes photos from the Teletubbies. They are gargantuan. Yeah, Why are it's... you doing this to me? I'm already not sleeping. It's I'm terrifying. gonna track down Keith's art, which I should stress is brilliant. I mean, I mentioned this on the game corner, but like, you've a wonderful knack for like turning horrifying things like the alien xenomorphs looking really cute, and then cute things like the like the Teletubbies horrifying. Is that <laughs> deliberate or is that just kind of your style? Like, um, my style is generally pretty cartoony, but I have a style that I use primarily for um, my body horror stuff um because I'm, I'm like uh, david cronenberg's kind of like my favorite director mm. um, i'm like a huge horror movie buff um so like i really like and I, I specifically like uh for lack of a better term yeah i specifically like like body horror transformation stuff in films especially with, like, if it's like a really good practical effect um so yeah, yeah. well done katie <laughs> i'm not sleeping tonight <laughs> but uh Katie, meet behind... your new sleep paralysis demon <laughs> <laughs> the uh the behind the scenes photos i actually did use as reference as well um 
for for the for the Teletubbies attack on Titans. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There was something about seeing like how smooth the Teletubbies were. You know, their felt and their big like moon faces. Uh, and I just thought it'd be really funny if they were like if that was like real skin. I guess like how would that actually look? So and that's where that came from. So. <laughs> And do you not find, because like you, um, a lot of your body of work has been kind of children-oriented stuff, like, you know, mm. you, do you find that you have to kind of check yourself when working on certain things, or does it all just kind of flow? Uh, sometimes. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have are like Clive Barker fans or have read any Clive Barker's books. Uh, uh, no, I'm afraid not, unfortunately. Uh, I'm he's the guy... <laughs> He's the guy that invented a uh, Hell Hell Hellraiser, you know, the pinhead and the oh, Xenobite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he has a book called Rawhead Rex, um, and Rawhead Rex is literally a book about an Irish uh, penis demon. Oh, like, I know the film of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really look like that in the book. In the book, he's described as being like a big dick with teeth. Um, and I thought that I thought like, oh, well, the movie looks shit, so I'll design what I think it would look like from the book. So my. <laughs> Like I drew it, I drew it and kind of just slapped it up and didn't really think anything of it. And then I suddenly remembered like, oh, I just announced that I was like working on the Cuphead show. <laughs> so I had to like retroactively like uh, add a, an NSFW filter over it and stuff like that. Um, so like, yeah, like my body horror t- stuff tends to not be like overtly like I don't like I don't add like the genitals into them, I guess. Um and I don't really draw like any like kind of cheesecake art or anything. Like I have no problem with people doing that art. Uh, it just it's just not something I draw. So, um, but yeah, I think like considering like the horror movies I watch and stuff, most of the stuff I like to draw is like uh, it's just like oh the Hanna Barbera character from like sixty years ago that no one remembers. I'll draw him. That'll be fun. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Uh, actually, okay, like ahead. I was just having a look kind of at your uh, at your Instagram there, and like you mentioned earlier that like you you'll draw kind of what like you know you're currently obsessing with. I noticed a block there of uh, of He Man of He Man drawings. Yeah. I take it you watched the recent uh, He Man series then. Oh yeah, I watched uh, Revelations. I really liked it. Um, I was like, I was, I'm a huge, like I watched a lot of the old the original show when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and then I got super into the the 2000s reboot that was on Toonami. Mm. so yeah I'm, that was uh, really good it was a, a really good show so i was like i was really hyped for for the new one um it, ha- it has like a few little things that i wasn't like i i i i'm one of those people that thinks like uh tila and randor uh he-man's dad are like kind of go a bit too hot and heavy too quick as to their approach to the, to the situation at hand uh because i don't want to put out any spoilers in case people haven't watched it mm. uh but that's like my my main my main uh, qualm with it. I I genuinely really liked Revelations, um, so yeah. No, I, I thought it was really really good too. I think like I when I originally heard that it was a Kevin Smith Matt Heman thing, my eyebrows got raised. I was like, this could go very this could go either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm glad he actually pulled the reins and was like, and I just I'm glad he did just did something interesting with Heman. I think that's kind of what I found with it. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Mark Hamill's Skeletor is just like a warm hug. There was something. <laughs> Mark something Hamill so, is a treasure. Something just yeah. so familiar about something I'd never heard before. 
um it was it was, no it was really good mm. i thought like the cast was like stellar i can't believe like i there's a there's a he-man show with like that level of voice acting in it um uh and it, it kind of the the character design like- is Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. sorry, no, it's good. Like, just kind of about to say, like, the fact that it was like, it's such big, like, voice name actors for just such, because well, wasn't it LeVar Burton was a uh, Mantis Man? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> just like throw away things like that. And it's only five episodes as well. But sorry, uh, you were going to talk about the character design there. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I really like the character design. It kind of felt like a progression from the 2000 show. Like, the, the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks a lot like the kind of same kind of style as the 2000 show, but just like a bit more ramped up um but yeah no i i really liked it um and then uh i'm also i'm also one of those weirdos that like really likes thundercats roar the new kind of chubby thundercat show so i was <laughs> like i want i want to do the same for he-man um so i did uh and i just did the first three uh the the big three i thought like uh he-man and she-ra because i like the she-ra netflix show i think oh, that's a pretty good show too incredible I, um, I will I will get on my soapbox and defend that at any moment. <laughs> I, I just wish I had like a bigger budget uh, for some stuff. That's like the only thing. Mm. Uh, just uh, so yeah, I was like, I'll do He-Man and She-Ra and Skeletor because uh, I thought like they're like the biggest names. Uh, and the main thing I thought was for She-Ra was I thought it would just be really funny if both her and He-Man because her siblings have roughly the same body type. <laughs> So that's why I drew like Shira as being like a, as being jacked, like she's like shaped like a fridge. Because I thought it'd be really funny. The two of them kind of, <laughs> the the two of them like running around and like kind of giggling to themselves while like knocking like mo- like monuments over because they're so strong. Just just like yeah, um, uh, just like they kind of like uh, sumo suits like you wear and just run at each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I because like they like in the old show they always talk about how strong Shira is but she doesn't really like look like she would be that strong um so i wanted to draw her like yeah no like you know maybe when she's Shira she's like absolutely jacked um uh and also to build off like the fact that like all the toys were like the same it was always the same model and they just put different heads on all the toys <laughs> and i wanted to kind of like in- integrate that into the designs so that's why my that's why my Shira is built like a fridge it was uh, it was it was something I I and I'm sure this is not an original idea or this could have even been the impetus for the entire He-Man thing besides the toys, but I just had the thought when I was watching the Revela- uh, revelations that He-Man is just a magical girl anime for fans of Conan. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's accurate. Um, so my uh, my very talented friend, uh, my Natalie Dawn, my friend, her partner. Uh, come, he's an exceptionally talented animator. He's going to take some of the He-Man designs and do some stuff with them. So, oh, that's uh, excellent. <laughs> hopefully, in a in a in a in a few weeks or so, you might we might see um, some cool little animations because Colin has is exceptionally talented at animation. I'll, I'll also link his stuff. He has a, an immaculate Ed Two Hundred Nine uh, animation that he's done. So, uh, yeah. So uh, that's where the He-Man thing came from. I'm a, a stupidly huge fan of He-Man. Well, actually, kind of segueing off that, like, uh, what kind of animated shows do you like to watch in your downtime? And can you kind of separate that from your kind of work life, that kind of thing? Can you still just enjoy it? Or are you kind of breaking it down as you watch it, you know? There's you know, two questions, but you know. Uh, there's days I can. I can, se- I can like, 
uh, and then there's days that I can't like uh, at the moment I'm really enjoying uh, uh, Amphibia I don't know if anybody's watching that the Disney show no but um, I I'd, I'd highly recommend Amphibia it's it's very funny uh, heartbreaking uh, like it, it's 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 one of the it's basically one of the design one of the storyboard artists from Gravity Falls has his own show just like how Ooh. oh I'm, um, I'm looking at the artwork for it now it yeah gorgeous I really like Amphibia is it, is, so is it kind of one of these uh, like kind of new wave like uh, from kind of Gravity Falls in the same kind of vein as like the Owl Hips yeah exactly uh, a lot of people will cross over from each show uh they do there's a there's actually a scene in amphibia and an owl house where they for two for two for two expressions they swap animation styles <laughs> so the the main characters have like how they would look in each other's shows for like one it's like one scene it's a real blink on the illicit thing but it's it's very funny um but yeah like it, it wouldn't be as serious oh no it, uh, i was about to say it wouldn't be as serious as owl house but it's after getting pretty serious Amphibia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if uh, if you if you like stuff like Gravity Falls, that kind of like kind of comedy that also has like the dark side to it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying that. I Lighthearted think, children's cartoons that are cripple cripple me emotionally. Sign me up. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, and I guess the other thing I'm really enjoying at the moment uh, is Jellystone, which is uh ch greenblatt he's the guy who created uh chowder i don't know if anybody's watched that oh yeah. Network. yeah yeah no, i read that yeah yeah I read uh, chowder on a really good show on nickelodeon called harvey beaks uh his new show jellystone is just like uh i think he just realized uh i think cartoon network just gave him the reins uh and he's uh to the hanna-barbera characters and he's just put them all where they're living in like a town called Jellystone together oh that sounds great <laughs> um, and it's very cute and it's really funny and there's a lot of like weird deep cuts there for like sad people like myself and my friend Stephen <laughs> uh, Stephen Koffels again another really good artist I'll link at the end because <laughs> the two of us are really into like Hanna-Barbera and stuff like any Anytime there's a deep cut, we like it's a it's a n- shoulder nudge kind of moment that like I don't know who else it's for, um, <laughs> but that's that's an exceptionally that's also like a really funny show. Uh, so those are the two that I'm I'm really super enjoying at the minute. Um, Can so. I ask then? Uh, because like I mean I mean you've referenced kind of shows that were kind of flew under the radar for us. Do you think now this is a big question? Um, do you think this is a good time for animation in general? Like, is there like, is this like peak in terms of like really good stuff coming out or is it a little bit more like, was it better 10 years ago? Where do you think we're at now in terms of kind of the animation culture and everything? Uh, I think it's pretty, I honestly think it's pretty, it's like, the, I was going to say it's the best it's ever been, but I, I do think so. Like, um, I think you, I think you have like a better variety of voices now. Do you know what I mean? I think there's like you you can have show you can have so many shows now, and it, there's something literally for everybody. Um, and I think as well with the streaming sites now, creators can like really do something special and different. Um, like uh, for instance, uh, like it, it's actually pretty old at this point, but. Uh, Stuff like uh, over the garden wall, and, oh, uh, gorgeous, yeah. Like, um, like same with Disney and Netflix. Like uh, Kid Cosmic came out by Craig McCracken. Um, 
the creator of Powerpuff Girls, uh, his new show. Uh, there's uh, stuff like Centaur World on Netflix, like all these like really like just insane cartoons with like uh, or like stuff like you know Steven Universe or something like that. Uh, like all these shows by like different creators, like you know we have like uh, I'm not gonna say it's perfect. Obviously, we uh, you know we can we can do better. But I think like we're in a we're in I do think we're in like a nice golden age where like there's more creator owned things and the creators are allowed like be more inclusive as well, which is really nice. You know, you can, you know, uh, stuff like Owl House where like uh, the characters are like openly LGBT, same as with Steven Universe um, and stuff like that. Or like you have like more uh, characters of like uh, different ethnic backgrounds and stuff like that, where like, you know, uh, there's a really good show called Craig of the Creek, uh, which I super recommend. That's a really lovely, heartwarming show. Um, just where it's like, yeah, it's all these different creators and uh, they've all like grown up with like uh, the same kind of shows that we all grew up with, but now they're making their own shows and everything's, yeah, I, I it's again, you know, maybe we could probably do it. I mean, we could definitely do it more diverse voices and stuff like that uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that everything's hunky dory but I think we're in like a nice golden age where I think things are just going to get maybe like hopefully better as well um, you know uh, we especially like with, with the streaming sites allowing creators to like make kind of shows that don't have to really talk down to kids uh, as well which is really nice uh, you know um, that show that I mentioned Kid Cosmic has some pretty intense stuff same with amphibia owl house and stuff where they you know uh there's like you know there's messages and themes and stuff like that that show that you know obviously don't talk down to kids and then there's you know you have other shows where like they're teaching kids that you know uh normal things like lgbt and people of different skin color is is all normal and it's fine and we should just be you know nice to each other is also very good <laughs> what you a know. radical notion what a radical <laughs> notion or or even stuff like even like with the new he-man where like obviously now tila is like the main character and stuff like that you know uh or the new she-ra cartoon which also focus heavily because it, uh, or voltron um i uh, i'll admit i don't think anything past season one of voltron is any good but i i appreciate what it's there i appreciate what it does in terms of like having openly lgbt characters i think that's important for kids to see um so uh to stop us all <laughs> becoming uh horrifically repressed monsters later on in life uh so yeah no i, th I think i i think now is is a really good time for animation i think we're seeing a lot of really good stuff a lot of really weird shit which is always good um so um yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a really. I think it's a really wild and uh, interesting time for animation. And uh, oh. can I ask then? Sorry uh, to be cutting across there, but uh, we've also got like because I should mention the day, the day we're recording this, Marvel's What If has just launched on um, yes. Disney Plus, and so we're starting to get animation like obviously the Simpsons and stuff exists, but animation aimed at adults as being a normal thing. You've got your Bojack Horseman's as well on Netflix, that kind of stuff. Mm. Do you think that animation is primarily still something for kids or has that line completely blurred? Obviously with the exception of places like Japan and all that kind of stuff, but in the West, say. 
I think I think the line has blurred, and I think that's okay. Um, I think there should be cartoons for adults. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think I think it also it should be smarter. Do you know what I mean? I don't think when I, when I say cartoons for adults, I mean stuff like yeah, like BoJack or or Bob's Burgers stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like and, uh, like and the, not like that new royal show, which looks like just an absolute garbage fire. <laughs> exactly. Nothing yeah. like and nothing like that. Like again, that like. Everything, every bit of art has its place. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna decry it, uh, primarily because I'm, you know, I just in case I get blacklisted. Yeah, uh, yeah, you gotta but, work. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta eat. But um, you know, I think, yeah, uh, you know, there's a, there's a place for, there's a, there's definitely a place for, like, uh, intelligent, like less kind of edgy, uh, a, a adult animated shows. Um, well, that I, area. I think it's a you know I think like like yeah every show does have its place but I think you know I don't think it's like crazy to aspire to work on a show like BoJack Horseman and go I'd rather not work on a Brickleberry, you know? <laughs> um, which you know it's a um, you know I'll, I'll openly say Brickleberry is one of the worst animated shows that's been released in the last ten years um, so like but it. You know, I, I do think that like there is a relative, there is a relative, there's a relevant point there that like you know, it, with with that what's out there, there's so much choices now, you know, yeah. like and so many different ways to to fulfill that void, to fulfill like a creative vision. You know, um, do do you think that like a uh, that that we would have gotten here without show like without without there being like. Uh, we will gotten to this point where we have so many different choices in animation without without certain without certain milestone kind of shows coming through like a South Park breaking ground in, in adult entertainment in the in adult animation and like the um you know the likes of uh, Gravity Falls doing a uh, doing like really being focused on doing a nar- putting narrative before everything else you think we would have still gotten to this point or do you think that we really needed those kind of shows to come through? I, I'd like to assume we would have still gotten to this point. We probably would have gotten to it a lot later, but I definitely think that we need to see milestones. I think we need to see milestones hit to make, to make, uh, to make these, uh, to make like these, no, I just going to sound cynical, marketable. Do you know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, like you, you need money to tell your story in animation. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, if uh, unless like you're 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 one of those like hermits that like spend three years on a on a movie that you just hand animating yourself, uh, all parody. I know a few people like that, and they turn out amazing stuff. I I can't animate for 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 shit. I really can't. <laughs> um, I I hated animate. I hated animating. I thought I would love it, but I hated it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think milestones need to be made because then studios take chances. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think studios need to see uh, the recognition shows like that get. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, as whatever about uh, how kind of dumb South Park started out, uh, it eventually became more like kind of political and it became more like about having a point and stuff like that. Um, And that gains it notoriety, that gains it. Uh, popularity and then studios are willing to take chances uh, a lot of times you know they're just it's it's 
it's like uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall and see sees what see what sticks. You know what I mean? And sometimes maybe the wrong lessons can be learned. Uh, you see that a lot with uh, you saw that a lot for for a really good example. You see that with uh, like when Watchmen or the Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. came out in comic books, and we still got some cool like irre- uh, irreverent takedowns of like the comic book uh, kind of uh, worlds. Uh, but then you also got like the nineties where everybody was called blood something and had <laughs> straps and knives every, everywhere. Yeah. Everybody is cable. <laughs> and everybody and everybody's just cable. Yeah. But um, you know, but you still got you still got like good stuff that came out of that. You know what I mean? Like Savage Dragon was obviously like very good. Uh parts of Spawn are very good. And you, you got other like kind of edgier stuff that still had like a really good point to it. It wasn't just trying to ride the the kind of wave and you get that with animation as well for every like yeah you get your brickleberries or your big mouths or whatever you get your bojack horsemans or you get um bob's burgers or you get two converti or anything like that you know what i mean these kind of more like uh kind of it's going to sound really sound she's more kind of like sophisticated takes on like adult animation where uh it's really about like it's really about kind of engaging the audience uh, with, with and acknowledging them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, where you can see in these shows, like you can see parts of yourself. And, uh, and I think that's important in adult animation because that also engages the audience into seeing that it's really not just for kids. Do you know what I mean? And it's also not just about fart jokes or anything like that. You know, there is like legitimate jokes or a legitimate story being told. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think the milestones are absolutely necessary uh, to to have gotten us to 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 this point. Okay, that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. And uh, before we kind of segue into the headline news, is there any advice you would offer for people who want to get into character design or just the animation industry in general? Uh, okay. I guess advice I would give is to just always work on your stuff. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think uh don't uh, a phrase that was told to me which is really important is something can just be good enough uh you don't need to stress or break yourself to to get to get anywhere in the industry uh i was told by numerous tutors that i would never be a character designer in ireland i'm a character designer in ireland always try uh you're never bothering the studio too much. If uh, if you emailed them about a job or anything like that, and they haven't gotten back to you in about two weeks, keep e- emailing them. Uh, they're a big enough company; they can just ignore you. You, but you can you keep pushing to get uh, to get them to notice you. Um, yeah, that 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 would be the best advice I could give. I guess uh, I kind of I I really lucked out and getting my job, so I've got nothing. So. No, but that's incredible advice. And I'm sure that the artists in this room and perhaps the ones listening too would agree with that. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Uh, Keith, would you like to stick with us for the headline news? If you're a yeah. Sonic fan, we've definitely got a treat for you here. Uh, I am a reluctant Sonic fan from the 90s. <laughs> I think oh, everybody you- is these yeah. days. You can mute your microphone if you want. But Kev, <laughs> I, I got the impression you were excited about Let, me just, let me just like, I th- okay, the, pe- the news is old hat by the time this came out, but let me just paint you a picture. I'm sitting at my kitchen table last night, enjoying a lovely game of Dungeons and Dragons, having the time of my life. And while my friend is 
offloading the expedition of their next wacky wizard spell, I just ambly scroll through Twitter and I see the post that is just Knuckles the Echidna's fist, Arthur meme style, being tweeted by Idris Elba. And I just... <laughs> what reality are we living in that Idris Elba is playing Knuckles the Echidna? I just, like... It, my Idris entire, Elba is everything. My entire world just yeah. folded the, in the, on itself the, at that the, moment. The short answer to that question, Kev, is a fantastic universe. <laughs> like, Ava, because when you told me, at first I was like, Idris Elba? Really? But then when I thought about it, I thought, well, I can't think of anyone who could actually play that role. So why not Idris Elba? Why not? Mm. <laughs> like, what's stopping him? Truly nothing. Oh. Um, and it's it's funny, because like I then proceeded then to absolutely spam you guys with just all the memes Twitter were giving me. <laughs> mm. But it's one of them pointed out to me that was like that like it shouldn't have surprised me because we all have to have been preparing for the Idris Elba furry revolution between like the Jungle Book and Zootopia. Cats. And cats. And cats. Cat. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, Where they gave him like abs and everything. I think about cats a lot. You I shouldn't. Forget, I, I can't not. I somehow just points of it to drop off, and I feel like Idris Elba. It is a oh god, this is becoming a cat podcast. Is, now. I mean, <laughs> look, like this, all I'll say on cats, but like there, there are, there are, um, there are a handful of films that I would classify that I would classify as being like just like body horror that lingers in my brain and cats. It shouldn't be body horror. It shouldn't be, but it absolutely is. It's- uh, you know it's 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 an astonishing feat to make interest Alba, who is a terribly attractive man Mm. that movie made him completely truly unappealing (laughs) speak for yourself (laughs) we're learning a lot about each other today uh i i had a massive fever when i went to see cats that sounds like a great idea. I think idea. you are the only person to see cats right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I am probably the only person that still hasn't seen cats, and I really want to, but I can't convince anyone to watch it with me. Because I can't alone. watch it on my own. Like, I can't no, do what, it on my own. Watch it alone. Uh, I, no, I won't. I'm not emotionally stable enough for that. <laughs> like, my, I, need, my, I need someone there. My, my, favorite, an- my favorite anecdote was. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, you go no ahead, Keith. I was just going to say, I'd feel less guilty about making someone watch a snuff film than I would making them watch Cats. I, w- I watched uh, Requiem for a Dream alone, Katie. I'm pretty sure you'll make it through Cats alone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched Detective Pikachu by myself the other night, and I wish I hadn't, so... Yeah, actually, let's break this down, because I don't, like... Did you think that was a fever? Because I thought that was a perfectly pleasant movie. I just, it's, okay, so I was watching it, right? And it started out, I was like, this has promise. Like, the acting isn't the best, but it had the cool taxi driver from Deadpool. And I was like, okay, I'm, I can get down with this. This is good. He disappears about five or ten minutes into the movie and you never see him again. And you're like, okay, well, but it's a detective movie and it's actually got kind of a cool idea. And then the more the story goes on, the more it actually doesn't go on and it just kind of unravels. And then when they like reveal the big plot point, it kind of comes out of absolutely nowhere. And you're like, who wrote this movie? Who, who approved the writing for this movie? And like at one point, it's just a big CGI mess of like rocks and trees falling Inception style for no reason. It doesn't go anywhere. It just oh, well, that's stops. nice. See, that's that right there is just trailer bait. I'll give you that. 
Yeah. And I think I think it's fair to say that the statute of limitations on P- Detective Pikachu spoilers is out. Yeah. Uh, so but if- I mean, even the whole, the whole, I don't want to, like for anyone who hasn't seen it, I don't want to give it away, but the whole <laughs> bad guy plot reveal that comes out of it, it's like... Where did, thought, this, where did this actually come? Why are it, you doing this? I, I thought it was so gigabrained that I just, I was like, this is wild and I can't believe we got here. There was, I am, there was I am no exposition in. at all. Zero. It was just like, by the way, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah, it's like it's, I think it like it like the the uh, the the main kind of uh, I suppose spoiler twist was something that people speculated on a joke offhand, and the fact that they were just that that was the committed plot point. I yeah. I have to give them. I have to. I have to respect it. it I, it's like they got halfway through writing the movie, like actually word for word script scenes everything, and then they got to a point where they stopped writing the movie and they just had like bullet points of plots and they were like, just throw that in somewhere. But it's, it's almost like they started working from a checklist. Yeah. Of going, oh, we need X Pokemon. We need this Pokemon. We need that Pokemon. Yeah. And like, we need this kind of sequence. Well, actually, and- I was going to defend don't get me wrong. Don't uh, me wrong. The, the movie's kind of use of like, it didn't just have loads of Charizard. Oh, it, it felt like some of the less popular and more popular ones were there in the world quite organically. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful movie and the Pokemon are so well designed. Like, even Charizard looks amazing. It, it's inherently watchable. I it's just don't watchable. Think it's... it's just like, it's, but it's more one of those things where you'd, you'd have it on in the background while you're scrolling through Facebook or something. Like, it's not something you watch intently. I think it's, yeah. I think it's also the fact that, like, at, like, it, like I think I went in judging it as like a video game movie, and the bar for that is oh, that's so, so yeah. astronomically so low. low. So low. like yeah. I just like it just jumped that with flying yeah. colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like mean, Ryan like, Reynolds was great. He was great in it. I can't fault him. His voice acting was. It was weird seeing his voice coming out of a Pikachu, but it was still really good. But it was just one of those things. It was too jarring. Yeah, I think the whole it, I think movie. It, was just I think it's just jarring. one of those. It's one of those things of like. I think it really depends what kind of what quite what kind of level of quality you're looking for out of it. I think if yeah. you're going into it, going this has to be one of the best family friendly films I've ever seen, like, which no means that you're putting up against was. films like Labyrinth and and Never Ending Story, which it's not going to do. But, I mean, I uh, wasn't asking for a lot. Just yeah. kind of a story that actually makes sense. That's all. That's actually, all just on the on the Ryan Reynolds thing, it's been announced that he's doing a movie. It's called uh, Free Guy. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that was that was held back for like a year or yeah, two was, years yeah. or something yeah, like that. I think it's out now. It's yeah. out yeah. now. Irish, but what Irish native Jacksepticeye will be appearing in it? And yeah. yeah. Oh, well, what happened with that was that was I think that was ready to go like two years ago or something like that, and then the pandemic hit. And they were going to put it out on streaming platforms, but they decided to hold off until the cinemas reopened because, you know, they can make more money that way. So that's what it was actually held back a couple of years. But I am very excited for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what didn't the kind of all the Fox kind of being bought up by Disney thing delay it a bit as well? I think that also had had an Mm. effect as well. Like that that's one of those films where it's it's. I, I'm always very skeptical of stuff like that because it just reminds me of um, I could get the same feeling about it as I did from Ready Player One and from Gamer and there Ready were a few ones ones that where I just go like oh this is either gonna be enjoyable trash or just trash 
you know. I really liked Ready Player One. That did nothing for me. <laughs> well, that's it, fair. I I enjoyed it though. I thought it I was mean, an adventure it, and a half. I I felt like I felt like it was uh, Ready Player One. I felt like it was one. It was a film that was trying to smack me across the head, going, "Don't you enjoy this yet? Don't you enjoy <laughs> this yet? Don't you enjoy this yet?" And I'm just like, and well, I was like, just yes. calm down and tell me a damn story, like Jesus, well, like. We, we, know, we now know what happens when you jangle keys in front of both Katie and Bryn. Katie will be exalted <laughs> and Bryn will walk away. Like, yes. you know, it, it's like, um, I felt I felt the same way with, um, I felt the same way with the trailer for the first Lego movie. And then when I, when I sat down and watched the Lego movie, it was like, oh, this is actually fun. This is nice. Like, See, I was the opposite yeah. again. I thought the yeah. trailer looked really good. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, do. can we segue back to Keith there for a sec? Because I know you're quite an avid video game player. We talked before about how playing apocalyptic video games was very calming in the year 2020 for some reason. Do you have any kind of insights into video game movie adaptations, why they work, why they don't work, anything like that? I think the thing that I think the reason that they don't work is that they don't give them stories. Yes, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank uh, you. <laughs> You have games that have like fully fleshed out, like really well written stories, and then the I think there is a stigma, uh, and it you see a lot with when it comes to stuff like comic book movies or video game movies or uh, cartoons, like animated films, where like uh, like maybe some filmmakers are like, oh, it's like I don't, I'm not going to read this, I'm not going to play this, this doesn't, this doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're like really taken aback by the fact that there could be a good story. Like um, I think uh, was it Ken Feig? So uh, one of the guys was talking about like how in the mid two thousands, you know, we had like that kind of rush of like good to really bottom of the barrel superhero movies. Like we had like your X Men twos and Daredevils and everything like that. And I think uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it was one of the. I think it was comic writers themselves. Uh, I think it was like Ed Brubaker maybe was saying like uh oh, why didn't you just ask us to write the scripts? And they were like, oh, no, why Why would we do that? Um, oh, I see. So you feel that the movie people feel like they are above the kind of the video game and comic book industry that yeah. they are adapting themselves. So they can yeah. do it better without the actual source material. Just the Such exactly. a shame. <laughs> Such yeah. a like, we can make this high art. Yeah. Now let us go off and make Electra. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I'll say that as a as a as a and I'll die in this hill, but I fucking love the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, so good! <laughs> oh, it's the right amount of cringe. Uh, I'll, I I am very much looking forward okay. to a new extended cut. So <laughs> okay, but the question is, do you like it for the absolute wackiness it is, or do you like it because it's an adaptation of Super Mario Brothers? Uh, both. <laughs> so so it's my like my childhood dream movie. I love that movie so. Much. Oh, and it uh, it's got like uh, it's got like dinosaurs in it. So, I mean, it's got it Dennis Hopper. That's already like a at least brings him yeah. to a five out of ten. It's got Dennis Hopper as a T Rex, yeah. and there's yeah. and Bob Hoskins. Yeah, like, it's, like, I mean, like Dennis Hopper is the only human top having Dennis Hopper play a T Rex. Yeah, like 
Dennis Hopper is the only reason to watch Waterworld. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. still not a T Rex though in that in, in Waterworld. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a that's a point against it. Well, I mean, since we've got T Rexes on the table, like, what are your feelings on the new Jurassic Park films? Since there's a new one coming out soon, uh, I'm a, uh, like Jurassic Park was another like com- huge moment in my life. As I said, I wanted to be a paleontologist and a T Rex. Um, I I don't hate them. I really don't. Uh, I think the first one is a bit, uh, but I really love the Indominus Rex. Uh, and I, uh, I'll i die again on another hill where I say I really like Fallen Kingdom. Uh, it feels like kind of like the books with the more kind of sciencey aspects and horror bits. Because the books are, are just straight up horror books and they're really graphically violent in detail. Oh, the Michael Crichton. Yeah, the original yeah. novels. Uh, and I kind of felt like Fallen Kingdom was like that. And I, I really enjoy the fact that like the last part of it is like uh, in a haunted house with a, a vampire raptor. Uh, I really love the Indoraptor. I think it's a really cool design. I'm all up for like the weird uh, hybrids. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm very excited for Dominion. I think uh, getting the original cast back. I've seen some of the, the leaked footage and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm down for it. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree. Like I read uh, not the Michael Crichton, but the Arthur Conan Doyle Lost World, and it was a genuinely scary read. Like dinosaurs are scary in that, and I think we're kind of. I mean, the fourth Jurassic Park kind of leans into this, but I think we're slightly jaded with them, apart from maybe just yourself, Keith. Speak for Here yourself. You dinosaurs <laughs> will never be old news. <laughs> I'm not Same even a fan of the new dinosaur theater show. But like, like I'm not know. even a fan of the new Jurassic World movies, but like I will still watch them because dinosaurs. Mm. We gotta we gotta bring back Dino Crisis. We gotta make dinosaurs scary again. Yeah. Dino yeah. Yes. No, Dino no like dinosaurs and kaiju are kind of like my my raison d'etre. So uh anything like anything with just big monsters and I'm down for. So uh yeah, no, I I think we need like more more dinosaur movies more dinosaurs <laughs> and more godzilla uh i I've, I've gotten quite a lot of godzilla i don't want to be greedy uh the fact yeah. that I've, been, I've gotten like five new movies uh two new animes uh so i i'm not i'm not gonna be yeah they're uh, they're, they're slacking really you know, the, <laughs> you know like, those are rookie numbers they're the best you could do Speaking as a an ex little uh, a little fat boy from 1994 who only had one Godzilla movie that he recorded off TV when Bill Bailey showed it in 1996, uh, I'm very uh, I'm I'm very uh, I'm in a good place right now. Uh, Before we actually kind of because we have to go to kind of wrap up in a minute, did you enjoy Godzilla versus Kong and like for that reason? Uh, okay, Godzilla versus Kong is probably the weakest human story. In the new remakes, it really is. There's, it's not remotely intelligent, but it probably has one of the best like choreographed fights in I think kaiju movie history. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. There's some really good shit in the the in the sixty in the nearly century long uh, that we've had of kaiju movies. Uh, I do think it is one of the best. I think it's beautifully choreographed. I think it's insanely stupid and great. Um, with plenty of callbacks to the, the first uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and just some like really neat ideas uh, from like cutting room fo- floors of previous attempts at like Godzilla remakes. So uh, I enjoyed it, but I I also realize it's the weakest story wise of the MonsterVerse movies. 
Oh no no! It, it, yeah, it but you're you're not watching the best one for me. <laughs> yeah, you're not watching it for the human aspect of it. I mean, like when I went to see the first Godzilla remake, the one with Cranston. Yeah. You know, as soon as they got rid of with him, Cranston. I was like, with Cranston, you know, yeah, you put Cranston in kind of quotations because oh, it was yeah. marketed as that, and that's, that's it's not what we were given. And then once he was out of it, I was like, okay, well, there's far too much human aspect in this. Just show me monsters kicking lumps out of each other. Casey is on a crusade to spoil all the movies from the mid 2010s. <laughs> I will, I will say. I will say Kong Skull Island would not have been the movie it was without Samuel Jackson giving Kong the stink eye. Oh, that's, <laughs> that that's that human story, story, more of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, that was no. The like one you that... can you can have human story, but I mean the whole story in Godzilla of the guy kind of slightly vaguely trying to get back to his wife, maybe at some point. It was like that. There was too much of that. Just show me Godzilla kicking lumps out of radioactive spider things. <laughs> It's, it's like when you, it's like I, I'm very you sorry to cut across you guys, but we are actually at 54 minutes now. So oh. I want to make sure we get our plugs in. We'll start with our special guest, Keith. Obviously, we've mentioned kind of Cuphead and that kind of stuff, but where can people find your kind of solo work? Uh, so there's Kajables on Instagram. I have a Twitter. Uh, hold on. Oh, did I, did I leave? Did I leave? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't use Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I think my Twitter handle is at common dude. Uh, so trying to remember my, my, my friends as well. Um, I can't seem to find them at the minute. I will send them to you if you wouldn't mind putting them in the description. Yeah, of course. We'll put them That'd in the great. socials. That'd be okay. Great. Excellent. So. Now, we may not be able to pay you, Mannequin Blue, but where can people find you in any case? Um... I'm not very active on social media lately for personal reasons, but if people want to follow me, they can follow my personal account, which used to be body paint. And now it's just selfies at mannequin underscore blue. And then my business in quotations page uh, on Instagram, which is at acutely morbid, uh, which is acutely with two C's. Lovely. Excellent. And how about you, Kev? Where can people find yeah. your things they, they can't find me no I'm not, <laughs> i got no plugs i got nothing i got no i got no shows i got no plugs i got a twitter you don't want to see it <laughs> <laughs> so let me just run down our social recommendations so far can't find it nothing's there you don't want to see it in that order yeah <laughs> this plug section's going very well yeah <laughs> It's Bring working. It home, I want to see it. This, this, this is the height of please don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm very tempted to make my Twitter handle. Oh, well, redeem us. Where, where can we find you? You can you can find me and be disappointed by my Twitter at, at uh, castbrincast, and that's it. Okay. Well, with all that said, Keith. Thank you so much for coming on the show and kind of sharing your interests and your advice and all that kind of stuff. We really hope you've had a good time. I have. Thank you very much for listening to me. Uh, you know, I like to just talk into the void. So I guess if there's people listening back, that's great. <laughs> 
we'll let you know. Okay, with that in mind, we have been the Nerd to Know media team on the Nerd to Know basis, Phoenix 92.5 FM. We'll be back at the same time next week, or if you're on Spotify, there's loads of our other episodes you can find us there. But until then, we will all say bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.